You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello there, guys, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I am joined by Chris Brayton of the I Like to Like Things podcast. Now, if you haven't heard of the I Like to Like Things podcast, or oh, shame on you, you need to go check it out because it is one of my favorite new podcasts, but it is one that focuses a lot on positivity and trying new things, which are two things that mean a lot to me, uh, mainly because I like to try and adhere to those sort of internal rules myself. And also, it's just something that I think a rule that everyone could kind of live by or just make everyone's lives a little bit better. So, you know, the theme of this whole conversation, both part one, which is this week's one, and part two that will be out next week, it's just the kind of theme that runs through it all. Um, but in brief, in part one of our chat, which is this episode, um, we do actually speak about food quite a lot. I think it's about 20 or 30 minutes, actually. We just talk about our mutual love of different foods, like Mexican food, Indian, and that sort of things. Uh, Chris also talks about how he learned to cook due to his dog, which is a very fun story. Uh, and then towards the end, we speak about how sort of fatherhood and being a husband changed him. And then it kind of ends with us discussing on what it means to truly, in air quotes, be a man. And it's not exactly how you would anticipate it to go, but it's it's really, really important, this episode. I had loads and loads of fun doing doing it. And I want to say as well, any Patreon supporters will have access to not only part one, but also part two of this chat right now. Both parts get released in one full unsplit episode. Uh, so if you are willing to support the show for as little as one pound a month, you can go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat and you get access to an RSS feed, which you can put in any of your favorite podcast apps. And then it means that you will get access to any of the genuine chit chat episodes that get split into two parts. You get access to both parts unsplit when part one drops, as well as mine and Megan's afterthought shows which get new episodes once or twice a week we talk about movies and tv series and stuff so loads and loads of cool things so links to all that sort of jazz is in the description and uh yeah i'm just thrilled to release this one guys it is a lot of fun and also i was on the i like to like things podcast recently link to that is in the description where i talk about my favorite tv show sherlock so make sure you check that out and without further ado here is chris brayton of the i like to like things podcast and i'll be back at the end for more information Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Awesome. Well, I am here today with Chris. Is it Bratton or Bratton? I should have asked that before. It's it's Brayton um, from from the old country. It's funny. I was just explaining this to my daughters. It's it's Bratton with umlauts over over the two A's. But yeah. Oh wow. Uh, when. When my family came over from the old country, they changed it. Um, they anglicized it, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, Chris, Broughton, was that right? No, it's Brayton, but in Bratton. the old country, it was Broughton. Yeah. Okay, right, there you go. So, Brayton. <laughs> yeah. There we go. This whole episode is me going to be mispronouncing things. That's it. That's but, the whole episode. It's yeah. Mike's mispronouncing. <laughs> uh, but we connected uh, because of your podcast, I Like to Like Things, which... I've been speaking about on Facebook groups now and people ask for recommendations. I'm like, go listen to this. It's genuinely become one of my new favorite podcasts. And it's so, I just love it so much. And I'm happy to have you on the show so I can talk about it. And so hopefully some of my listeners will listen to your show because it's positivity is infectious. And I just love that. And it's just like, it's a concept for a show that I've not come across. And because you do it differently, you know, you get the response editions and things. I think it's amazing. So if we wind it back and we can get to there, how, how, well, I should probably ask on air, how are you doing? But also, how did you get into uh, podcasts and things like listening and stuff? Because you've got quite a history of podcasts. Yeah, I've been around. Gosh, I've been doing it since, what's 2021 now? I mean, mm. time has no meaning. Since lockdown time, right? Yeah, no, time, time's just before solid. lockdown yeah, <laughs> and yeah. after lockdown, during lockdown. And then, that's uh, it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, oh, gosh, I think I started in 2016 is when I started uh, podcasting, and I'm doing fine, by the way. It's a lovely day. Just got done with a good swim and uh, have my 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 PM coffee because I'm a dad and I need coffee to survive. So uh, <laughs> I had iced coffee yeah. earlier. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this was iced as well. Yeah, this one's this one's iced and. Uh, I don't know why I took a sip in the middle of a, of a just conversation. Just to prove to me that you yeah, had to, so you don't lie. show you, like, look, <laughs> look, here's my coffee. I have to prove it to you, like, 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 it, like, like, oh, uh, I don't believe you. You, you, you. I don't believe that you drink coffee, Chris. <laughs> uh, no, I, and, and so I started, uh, I started a podcast called More Gooder Than, and which was a placeholder name uh, for me and my two best friends uh, that we, we started um, as a placeholder name to figure out until we figured something better, you know, a better name, and it just stuck. And it was it was a dumb name because we're all Eng we were all English majors, 
Um, so we were all, so all of us, like the grammar killed us, uh, whenever we would say it. So it was, it was really funny, but we just bashed on movies. We just, uh, picked really bad movies or, or movies that we felt like we could talk a lot about. And, um, we just either made fun of them or defended them. The whole thing was that like, we would each take one movie and it would be like our movie and we would defend Mm -hmm. it till our dying breath. And, and so we usually picked them at random. You know, so we just would pick three movies that had a similar theme. So, like, we would do, uh, what did we do? We did Avatar, Last Samurai, and Dances with Wolves. All three mm-hmm. of the exact same movie. And so that was one that people really enjoyed. And, and we would make fun of the other ones and defend the other ones. It was fun. And it just was just good times. We did that for almost three years. Yeah. And then we just, uh, the scheduling was too hard. Our, uh, we had kids and our kids were getting older and doing more and watching three movies every two weeks, uh, mm. plus on top of everything else that we were doing with our lives just ended up getting kind of tedious. And we're just like, okay, we're done. And, and I, re- and like, I'm a fairly positive guy as a rule. Like, I, everybody has like downtimes. I mean, everyone does, but like my, my natural go to is just having a good time. I have a really nice life. I have great kids, love my wife. Like, Everything's really good. And so I just realized um, that like that's actually where I wanted to channel my energy was was into a more positive experience. And we always uh, my wife and I, Elise, who I do my podcast with, uh, we always just talk about that like we we will try anything as long as somebody explains it to us and does it with us if it's their thing. It's like, oh, you like I don't particularly like watching American baseball and I don't particularly like watching soccer uh, or European football. I don't, but if I'm sitting with somebody that like loves soccer or loves baseball, like I'll have the best time. And yeah. so the the concept for that show, the concept for I like to like things kind of was born from that. Was that like, well, let's just get a lot of really passionate people and have them talk about whatever it is that they like. Like I mean, like you, you, you talked about the show Sherlock, which just released uh, yesterday, uh, as of this time of that we record. And uh, I'd never seen it. So the, the catch is always it has to be something new. And we started it before lockdown. And my gosh, did it save us <laughs> during that year? Imagine. Because, yeah, because we had to... After a certain amount of time, anything that you do for too long, even if you love it, just becomes so routine. It's, you get stuck in a rut. And so, but every week we had something new that someone was telling us about and teaching us and educating us and, and just whatever it was. And it gave us new ways to converse, um, new people to meet. And uh, it was it was just a really great, great experience. And like you said, the response editions, like we take the advice that our guests give us. We take their their teachings and we put it into use. And sometimes they're easier. Sometimes it's like for yours. Yours is a fairly easy one. Just watch some Sherlock. And like, cool. That's very easy to do. Some of them are a little more, uh, some of them are a little more uh, like you have to take more time. Like we did a, a tree episode. It's like, obviously I can't wait for the tree to grow. So we have to get a little more, we have to get a little more creative with those. But we haven't had a bad episode yet. Everybody's been incredible. Um, it, it's been a really, really great journey. I can't imagine ever stopping because we just we learn so much and we grow. Uh, mm. But it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. So we've been doing. We're almost coming up on our hundredth episode. I think I think yours was eighty two. I think is what nice. yours was. So yeah, we're getting close. It's amazing because at the core of it, like in one of the elements of my podcast, I think shares your podcast when i was kind of starting out i was like i just want to talk to people and one of the best ways to do that is to you know have a different guest each episode i can have people Mm -hmm. i know to begin with obviously when i started podcasting i didn't know anyone in the popmosphere and then as the show grows and you make connections with people you know you can have repeated guests and stuff but my whole thing has always been like the the elevator pitch for my show was always (laughs) i love talking to people when they're passionate about something and obviously that's what your show is it's like when you talk to someone and they're excited and you know i describe it almost like the light behind their eyes goes on and then they right. you know they get so excited you can see their body language they start talking faster and oh my god and it's like i love it when you talk to someone especially when it's something quite off and um, in air quotes weird right. you know I, i've yeah. i'm like you i'll try relatively anything and it is when you meet those people and you speak to them and you show an interest in something that they don't often get to talk about the gratitude right. that they show is unlike anything else and that's not why i do it obviously but it's no. that 
they don't obviously say thank you for letting me talk about this but it's more so you can <laughs> kind of tell by context you know and i found that with um was it uh, thomas the cricket guy yeah who was on your show because obviously he's got like a sci he's got a science pod a physics right. pod something oh, like yeah. that no the dude's an astrophysicist at oxford like I'm the dumbest person that guy's ever spoken to, ever probably, and no, and he like one of the best things afterwards was because cricket is not known at all in the states, like at all. Very few people know about it, and but he and he said that he tired out everybody about talking about it, and and you even messaged me after listening to the episodes like I'm. I'm I'm English and I don't I don't know I don't know anything about cricket either. Like it just sounds <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just sounds like like gar like not not garbage. Uh, sounds like uh, uh, just like made up different words. language almost. Yeah, 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 different language. Yeah, and so, but he said he actually did say he said like thank you so much for letting me talk about this because no one else will listen to me and like I'll listen to it all day. My my wife is like super in love with him. She she wants to have like she like wants him to talk more about cricket. And so, yeah, it really works out. It's amazing, and it is funny with cricket, yeah, because I'm, I'm British, uh, and I've lived in England my whole life, and I've peripherally seen cricket, and I've played, like, cricket rounders in school and things, right. uh, and stuff like that, which is just, you know, the, the core, of core of cricket, but not any of the other sort of, air quotes, right. complicated stuff. But yeah, it, it's not... It's not because it's so ingrained in English culture. It's not really something that gets explained. It just either you right. know or you don't. And that, and if you don't, you get to your twenties and you don't know. There's not very many twenty year olds, at least that I've come across, who at twenty go, you know what? I really want to be into now cricket all of a sudden because right. it it's got that. I don't think it means to be like this, but I think even Thomas mentioned it, where it's got that air of elitism to it, where it's kind right. of uh, yeah. kind of gatekeeping. But it, uh -huh. I don't think anyone is actually gatekeeping cricket. I think it just seems that way from afar. I'm sure if you right. talk to people about cricket, they're like super cool to talk to, <laughs> but you just don't. It, it looks over there. It's like those people are all all their equipment and saying silly words and scary, and they all look really rich. I don't I don't want to go bother them right. with my peasant ways, not understanding <laughs> <laughs> the, the sport of the gods. <laughs> You know, it's so funny because we had a similar experience. Um, I, and I know everyone in the UK they like they like golf as well. Like it's where it came from. Um, and and so, uh, but and I've golfed multiple times. Um, it's it, we have beautiful golf courses here in California. Um, but my my wife had, had never golfed, and so for our anniversary, we I she said like let's try something new and something outdoors, obviously, because everything inside was still at that time was still very closed off. So I'm like, let's go golfing. And she's like, awesome. And so we went and then she got really, really nervous when we actually had to come up there and like tee off and wait for our turn. And, and then she got into the groove, but I, it's very similar in those things that like it can come off very elite or as if, or like if you only get to do it, if you already know how to do it, well then how do you know how to do it? Well, you have to try sometime. And so, like, a lot of the the part at the beginning was just saying, like, no, no, no. Like, we just go and we hit the ball. And then we hit – if someone is going faster than us, they play through. We just move off to the side. Like, there's no rush. There's And so, after, like, hole two, she was an old pro already at it and was playing better than me. I'm terrible <laughs> at it, golf. I'm horrible. And, like, I'm lucky if, like, I can get it near the hole after hitting it a million times. So, But uh, she was doing great. And, but yeah, so, but I'm sure cricket is similar. I'm um, here in the States, like cricket is just non-existent. So there is no, nothing to even compare it to. It just doesn't even, it barely exists here. And so <laughs> golf is probably the only thing that I could explain, like to, to, to like compare it to. It must be quite cool with your podcast, speaking to people who aren't like from America as well in some ways. Cause oh, one I thing I've it. discovered about America, it, it's weird because America is kind of like, he's the loudest kid in the room. Like to to it's that thing of like yeah. everyone knows what's on America's mind. Everyone knows right. about American politics. Most people right. can name a decent amount of states in America, things that come from America, a lot of America's right. history, even the really dark stuff that even kids in your own education system often don't learn till they're older. Like all these weird things. Whereas it's it's quite insular because whereas basically like fifty fairly large countries that aren't really countries, they're states, even though they're bigger right. than most countries in Europe. Right. It's like one of these weird things where it's like Everyone knows everything that's going on in America, but so much of America has no clue of what's going on in the rest of the world. I'm not saying I'm cultured and I'm English. You know, we're the colonizers of the world, so right. we, you know, it's not like that. But you know what I mean? Like, do you find that in a sense? 
you know what? It's it's kind of a stereotype that that um, it's 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 a it's a stereotype that happens often enough to where it, you could almost say it was true. But for mm-hmm. you'd say I'd say probably at least half of Americans are fairly well educated about world affairs. Um, mm-hmm. Like and the, and so you could probably say the same thing about people in. In, in in England as well, in the UK. Oh, yeah. Like you probably say, well, half probably knows what's going on outside. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so, and what the problem is, is the people that get interviewed and get like shown, they're not the cream of the crop, per se, of the people that are being interviewed. And so, uh, and, um, and like what you're saying about America being the loud kid, absolutely. That's 100% true. And so it makes sense that people would pay attention to what was going on with us. I always tell people it's because we have, and it's very horrible. We have a lot of the bombs. We have we have a lot of the bombs, and so people like to know what's going on with the people that have a lot of the bombs. And so, like, no one would care about what was going on in Russia if Russia had no bombs. And so, like, what does Russia do? Nothing. They don't have like, all, you know, but so you just kind of everyone's always kind of paying attention to those, and it's a horrible thing. Um, it's it's, it's awful and it's sad. But uh, yeah, uh, if you if you if you my circle of friends, and so maybe I'm a little bit biased, is fairly well versed in like other affairs in other countries. Um, mm. But also, I think a lot of it is because most of my friends are podcasters and they interview people from other countries, so they know what's going on because they want to keep track of their friends. Um, mm. And uh, but yeah, the each state is so different from another state. Um, they, like when you say it's similar, I would I honestly would probably say similarly to how you feel about Europe as a whole. Like, mm. like you guys are all part of, well, you used to be part of the European Union. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole other one, but no, but like the whole, whole of Europe is just like, you guys feel semi amalgamated. Like you could, you could miss a turn if you're driving through Europe and be in two different countries in an hour because they're mm-hmm. so close together. And that's kind of similarly how, uh, the States work is that like they're, they're each state has their own way of doing things and they have different rules and they have different, um, down to just different, like different accents and different ways of life like the west coast versus east coast is so different um people talk about me as a californian like how fast i talk um i talk so fast according to some people on the east coast same thing with my wife who does tons of zoom meetings and when she's talking to someone on the east coast they ask her to slow down just because it's just we talk fast and things move fast and but then you'll go to the east coast and like things shut down at 5 p.m and things, you know, like those type of things happen. So you go state to state to state, but every state has something beautiful about it, and something new, and something different. And um, it's tough to beat California, though, because of, uh, we talked about this off air. You have places that are gorgeous beaches. You have high desert. You have mountains. You have um, the giant sequoias. I mean, you're having so many different, um, just different biomes in, in one state. And it's hard to beat this state, which is one of the reasons that we still live here. Because like moving anywhere else would just seem kind of boring. So uh, yeah, it is weird. It's with it. I have thought about it like Europe in a similar sense as well, because it's almost like you know, without overgeneralizing, it's almost like twenty percent of values and certain elements are kind of across the board and then it's the sort of the nuances the tweaks you know and obviously it depends what countries near each other you know like belgium i think speaks french german and then has flemish their own language so it has three languages but belgium is quite a small country and then so that has elements of you know has france france's influence you know and then you've also got german influence and it's just obviously the world wars and things probably haven't helped matters you know where things kind of amalgamating together and whatnot but it's Culture is such a, an interesting thing. And with America, like, I, I want to clarify, if, if I've offended any American listeners, I've never met a single American who is the negative stereotype that I've see, you know, seen right, portrayed right. in films. Like, all the Americans I've ever come to contact with are genuinely some of the nicest people I've ever met. And most people I know who go to America, when they meet with Americans, be it in, you know, uh, my uh, girlfriend Megan, she's got friends uh, who are from North Carolina. And she says, you know, you go there mm. and you hear things about it and everyone's quite strongly religious and, well, not everyone, but there's a lot of people who are strongly religious and that can have 
its own stereotypes and assumptions about it. But when you meet them, they're some of the nicest people you've ever met. And it's these weird things where it's just like, it can't, it, I suppose it does depend who you are in certain elements as well, but it is also just, there are nice people everywhere and there's also... Right. ignorant mean people everywhere and it's the same in england like right. there's literally yeah. in near where i live like i could point to you at places where oh those people are amazing but those people are not and it's not because we're english <laughs> it's just because people are so weird and different right yeah and to, to, it's it's tough because um if you stay in a bubble and like this is something that i've learned uh, my whole just and continue to grow if you stay in a bubble you just tend to think that different equals equals bad or mm. or other equals bad and mm-hmm. the more that you talk to people the more you travel the more you 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 get outside of your comfort zone you learn so much about other people but you also learn more about yourself and you you learn about different like biases that you might have and um towards towards people and you find out how wrong you really really are or you mm-hmm. find out how right you are in terms of that like <laughs> oh i think these people are going to be great and probably are they probably are because right because you're saying that the stereotypical American if we, if Americans took the stereotypical British uh, British guy then he'd be a Bond villain every single time. So, <laughs> he drinks know. tea with bad teeth. Well, that's it. Yeah, tea with bad teeth. And I will say, Mike has incredible teeth. So see, there you go. Stereotype, stereotype uh, just thrown right out the window. So, <laughs> And I don't drink tea either. I'm much more of a coffee drinker. I love crumpets, though, if that helps. But Megan hates crumpets. So you can't win. You can't. <laughs> Crump, well, a crumpet is kind of like a... Like uh, uh, it's kind of what's it kind of like? It's hard to what explain. What are those little it's, it's, crumpets? You know, are kind of like they're they're like a crack it cracker, and like okay, well it would be biscuit here, but for biscuit for you is cookie. Um, English muffin. It's like an English muffin. It kind yeah. of is. I was thinking that if you get like an English muffin yeah. and it's more doughy than an English muffin, so it's almost like it sounds okay. weird, but like an undercooked English muffin, but with loads of holes in the top. It's very bizarre and cr- like it's one of those things that's there's so many things over here in England that people love. Like baked beans is a massive thing over here. But you talk to people in other countries, they're like, you put white beans in a weird tomato sauce and put it on toast. What's wrong with you? It's like you don't understand yeah. over here. That's everything. Like I, yeah, I love baked beans. It's it's so funny with places with a quirks in it <laughs> right i mean it's it's it is nuts because like we i have a lot of friends in australia and mm. they love vegemite i don't know if you've ever had it before we have marmite yeah marmite right yeah so and I've we, had it's marmite basically the same too. thing i think yeah uh and so uh you know you've all as someone in the states like you always hear about vegemite now horrible it is now disgusting it is and and so when they came over like hey can you just bring i had this is a couple years ago they came um they came over here on a visit that they went through the States. And I said, oh, hey, when you guys come, please stay. And so they did. They brought Vegemite. We did the Vegemite challenge. Pretty much do it. Anybody I know, like I have them try it. And the biggest thing about it is it's moderation. Do not put a ton on there because like, you'll die. You, you'll, you'll just die. That's just what's going to happen. <laughs> you'll never taste again. <laughs> you, you'll never taste anything again. Everything will just taste like salt. It's like, oh, it's just salty. It's just salty. Uh, and yeah, and everywhere you go has their weird thing that you eat. I mean, you could talk about the sugar consumption and portion size of Americans all day. And I would a hundred percent agree with you because it is true. And like, we could pack it away, but yeah, the baked beans on toast. That's not, that's fine. That's fine. Elise, uh, makes something called bean bread that she makes. And it's a, it's a piece and it's probably, you probably love it. But it's a piece of French a French bread loaf, and she cuts it in half, and so you have you know they have the two halves, and then you put they're called refried beans. I love them. Refried beans? I love refried beans. Yeah, hey, yeah, awesome. Um, and so you refried beans, and then she puts uh, grated cheese, usually cheddar or, or something like that, and then she puts sliced tomatoes, and then she she bakes it, and then that's what you that's that's you slice it up and eat it. So you would probably. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm literally I'm yeah, 100%. Yeah. I like refried yeah. beans, like whatever. Like Mexican food yeah. is one of my favorite uh, food oh, types. It's so good. It's just, and the funny thing is with Mexican food, I'm, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm trying to be more conscious of my meat consumption. But in doing right, so, right. like Mexican food for me is one of the easiest things to swap to vegetarian because if you right. just change any meat in Mexican food to some like beans, like pinto beans and kidney mm. beans and stuff, it still right. tastes phenomenal. Like tacos or burritos or anything like that. It's just... So whenever we have Mexican now, we often have a lot more beans and stuff to try and reduce the meat consumption somewhat. And, oh, man, I just – that refried bean – I'm going to have to try that, and I'm going to send it to you because yeah, that sounds so incredible. Good. 
Um, it's so funny because like I live in Southern California and Southern California has incredible, incredible Mexican food. Like, um, we, uh, I mean, California used to be Mexico at, at one point. And so like, um, it's just ingrained in our culture. And, but I did not like Mexican food until I met my wife. And, uh, and I just found out that my mom just took us to crummy Mexican food places and which is horrible because in you can you can go you can just turn a corner anywhere and there's incredible Mexican food you have all these different grandmas and moms and everything that that they're just incredible cooks and um and then when I met my wife my wife is Mexican uh she she uh she started taking me to like real places or she would make it or her mom would make it or something and I'm like where is this where has this been my whole life? What is wrong with me? And then I just, anyway, because we would go to these restaurants and it'd just be, I'll have French fries, please. I don't like anything on this menu, but my mom and her sisters would just eat it up. It was, just, it's, it was garbage food. And then if you ever come to, to the States, I want you to stay with me and we will take you to, it's called La Costa Mariscos. And um, it is the best seafood not just like not not just Mexican seafood, the best seafood that you'll ever have. It's 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 known here in all of Southern California. It's incredible, and then uh, same thing. They have a ton of great vegetarian dishes as well. Uh, but yeah, they make they make some incredible incredible food. And that's where they. I remember that's the first time I met her parents. When I met my wife's parents for the first time, that's where we went was to La Costa, and um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I I. But that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. And another one that I I never tried same too because my dad didn't like it was Indian food. I I mm. never had Indian food until uh, until I got married, and now it's it's like our go to uh, here for my wife and I. Like we, my my girls love it. They'll eat it, and uh, we'll eat all different types. And that was something that I didn't experience until I was like in my late twenties. Mm. Um, to even have Indian food the first time. It's just barbecue, barbecue and burgers and pizza. <laughs> I mean, I do love barbecue food and pizza, but yeah. Indian's quite a funny one because where England, you know, great colonizers, great in air quotes, uh, we went over and in Britain, the the number one dish voted from by the British public for the best British dish yeah. was chicken tikka masala, which right. is it's which an is Indian. An incredible dish. But, but it's great, right. but the tikka masala is not, actually indian it's actually english because no. when a lot of it when you know in short for history lesson for people we owned india let everyone or let people in india come over to england and then there's a lot of indian restaurants and stuff in england which is amazing because i love indian food and right because english people their taste was so weak basically we couldn't handle hot food <laughs> there was food created which is mainly tikka masala and things just so english people uh -huh. could kind of get into curries and it's funny you mentioned right. about indian food and mexican food because um megan is italian her dad's italian she uh -huh. speaks spanish as well she loves spanish culture right. and things and whatnot and when we've started dating she cooks mexican food a lot she's a massive uh, baker and chef oh, um, and she's incredible it's changed my life it's amazing and she didn't like Indian food much when she first met me, but I didn't cook the Indian food because oh. I'm not that talented, but I'm, she has like a couple of cookbooks and stuff. And we basically did a thing where every week for several months, she would try making different Indian food because she would be like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. Oh. I was like, well, try a Danzac because it's got a lot of chickpeas in and you like chickpeas. Try like a Rogan Josh. Right. Like, don't try a Vindaloo on your first go. That's, I can't even no. eat Vindaloo's. Like, Jao Frazee on Madras probably as hot as I can go. But it's funny as well, you say about going over to America because we were meant to be going to America before, you know, lockdown and stuff. We meant to be doing a big, like, month-long road trip around America. So we are mm. definitely going to come over there. And since lockdown, I've met so many cool, so many more cool American people from different places in America. So I have, like, friends yeah. in a lot of states. So I would love to come and see you. And, you know, Mexican food is one of my favorite things. And <clears throat> Megan's oh. favorite culture is south uh, American, the Spanish culture primarily, you know, Mexican mm. culture and things like that. She loves, you know, I know it's in air quotes, quite a basic thing, but you know, like the day of the dead and things like that. Like in, she's a teacher. Oh, yeah. So she teaches, um, 11 to 16 year olds and she teaches them Spanish. So one of the things she loves doing is incorporating Mexican culture at well, uh, Latino culture or Latin culture, both from Spain and from the South Americas. So mm -hmm. any way that we came over there, even the mention of anything Mexican or anyone Mexican, we'd be like, <laughs> they're at a heartbeat. So, you know, that's it right. now. Our whole trip's going to be planned around you. <laughs> Not around me. Yeah, uh, there's just inc uh, like, yeah, there's just incredible food here. And that's actually kind of what uh, 
California is known for because like different different states have different cuisines that they're known for. Like you go to different parts of the South, like they have their own type of barbecue that's mm. just incredible. And then like Texas, which most people they they have Tex Mex, which is a which is a kind of a barbecue slash Mexican fusion that they make, and it's it's incredible. A lot of like deep pit, if you've ever heard of that term before. Uh, but California, one of our best things is just it's just fresh ingredients. That's like our that's like our number one thing. <laughs> You're gonna have fresh onion, fresh tomato, fresh avocado, like all those different kind of things is gonna be part of how we eat because of just how much food we grow here. So like when you go to other states, somewhere like maybe in the north where it's cold most of the time, like they don't necessarily have like it's a lot of beets and potatoes mm. and things like that, like things that can grow underground. So they could, but in California, like it's just it's just fresh, farm to table type type food, and it's just really good. And that goes so well with Mexican cuisine: fresh jalapenos, fresh onions, fresh tomatoes, everything like that. Just going all into these beautiful sauces. Yeah, um, yeah. Indian food is not something that it's not easy to make at all. No. Like I, like I've tried to do it and I failed. And I'm a fairly good cook, and um, I failed. Elise can make a pretty good Thai curry mm. that she'll put chicken in. It's a peanut. It's a peanut sauce that she makes, and that's that's really good. We had a peanut dish tonight with chicken satay. We Megan's other favorite oh. thing in the entire world is peanut butter. So Reese's Pieces as well yeah. as I have like oh. favorite thing. So good. <laughs> So good. Chicken satay is so good. Yeah. Uh, my girls really like that. And it's actually, I'm super proud of my daughters because they're, they're both, um, they're 10 and eight. And so they are, but they will, we've kind of had a rule with them. And I think it lets them be a little more free. Um, is that like, you can't just say you don't like something if you haven't had it. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not going to hand them like the hottest, spiciest thing in the world. Eat that. Like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not talking like that. But just like, you can't just say, I don't like that unless you've tried it. Like, but like, if you've tried it and you don't like it, then, then I believe you. Like, like, that's fine. And so it's allowed them to like try different things and try, like, cause I just have never liked that in, in just adults or kids. It's like, oh, I don't like that. Have you tried it? Well, no. Then you don't know if you don't like it. And, 100%. So like and so for them like like for like my oldest we know for a fact she does not like shrimp and she has tried it she's she's personally tried to try it like four or five times because like we love shrimp it's one of our favorite things to eat and so she's tried and she hates how it feels in her mouth she hates the mouth feel she doesn't like the texture she doesn't like how it she just doesn't like it at all and she, but like on her own has tried to try it four or five different times and so like we know for so like we trust so when she says I don't like that. I trust her. I, I I trust that. Okay, cool. We don't. We're not going to make you eat shrimp ever. And so our youngest is the same way. Like we really just know she just does not like zucchini or courgettes. That, that's I know a lot of people in the UK say courgettes, but yeah, zucchini. She hates it. So it's like okay, I'm not going to make you eat it. You have tried it multiple times. You hate it. But they love Indian food. They love sushi. They love Mexican food. Um, like they they'll eat pretty much anything. Um. And that's it's very easy to be a parent. <laughs> it's like that. So, I was I was yeah. such a fussy kid. Like I and I when oh, I yeah. have kids, I'm gonna make sure because I I know, I know like either I tried it and it was you know for ages I didn't think I liked certain meats because I had either I had it at like a crap restaurant or something like you kind of said and it's like you go right. somewhere and they cook it badly and then you think that's how it's meant to be. I did like steak right. for like yeah. years because bless my mum, she's <laughs> a fairly good cook for a lot of things. She is not good at cooking steak. She's never she's never oh. been into steak. She's much more of a seafood person. And so right. when she made me steak when I was younger, trying to get me to try different things, she probably made it well done and it wasn't the best cut of steak either. You know, because if you've got like a young kid and they're trying steak for the first time. If you don't like steak that much, you think, oh, I'll just get them any steak. But like with me and Megan, when we get steaks now, it's like, you know, 30-day aged anger steak, you know, right. medium rare, medium maybe. It's just like we do that specifically and it's always amazing. But I remember for ages hating it. I was like, no, steak is like tough and chewy and there's no flavor. And it's like, no, that, that's a badly cooked steak. And yeah, right. I was the fussiest kid in the world. So when I eventually have kids, it's like I know... I know when I was a kid, the kind of pitfalls of, oh, that doesn't look good. Therefore, I think I don't like right. it. Or, you know, I, I, or my parents sometimes would never try to make me try new things, but then other times would try way too hard. Whereas in my memory, right. my brother could get me to try anything. Uh, I've got two older brothers. One's 17 years older than me. The other one is 20 years older than me. And so, like, my older brother 
especially when I was, you know, like 10 or something, he'd take me into town and stuff, go to the arcade and whatever. And I would always come back from town being like, oh, mum, I like this thing. And oh, mum, I like that thing. It was always bad stuff. It was like, a, you know, bacon and burgers and barbecue sauce and like all these crazy sweets. And she was like, can you get him to try some fruit, please? But like, right. he, he would have put any pressure on me. He'd just be like, no, I'm eating this thing. Do you want a bite? Instead of, you need to try this thing right now, and we're going to watch you try it, and if you don't like it, then there's clearly a wrong... You're clearly wrong. I remember my dad telling me I was wrong for not liking big beans. My dad was a great man (laughs) in many ways. That was not his finest moment. He's right at the end of the day, (laughs) but it's just certain ways of doing it. (laughs) Dads are funny. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to, to, to get kids to try is like you get something that you like and they see you eating it and enjoying it. And so when you, you say, would you like to try, would you like to try some? And so that gets them, it's a low stakes way to get them something and not have it be like, oh, I ordered you this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a place here in Southern California. It's called, it's called Harris Ranch. You'll have to look mm. it up whenever you're done. And Harris Ranch raises high-end beef. And so we have a local butcher that we go to whenever we're uh, deciding to like splurge on it. And they only stock Harris Ranch beef, which is all just um, grass fed, like high. It's it's delicious. It's very, very good beef. And um, and we go and we we usually get we get the T-bones if we're going to we're going to because my favorite cut of meat is the New York strip. I don't know why. Just always has been just kind of what it is. And my wife, her favorite is the filet. And so um with T-bone, you can get both. I don't know how, how, yeah, how much you know about butchery or anything, but uh, yeah. So we usually get like a nice, big, juicy T-bone. I usually, yeah, it, the biggest one is how much you cook it. It really mm-hmm. is. You just have to like if you if you cook it well done, you're gonna destroy everything. You're, gonna, you're just, <laughs> just gonna destroy any flavor that you're gonna have in it. You're gonna just. Uh, I. It's so funny because I didn't know how to cook growing up at all. I I I, I didn't. My mom was a great cook um we ate a ton we ate whatever she put in front of us my mom had three sons just like just like your parents um you know three kids three boys um were all over six feet tall all played uh, all played american football all wrestled basketball sports nonstop. so it was just mountains and mountains of protein and food so we just just shoved it all in our mouths at all times so i i just never really had to cook i I, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and so she cooked for us and and so and then plus my dad my dad would come home from work and just same thing shovel it all in and just like cool let's go let's go play football and so then just like that's just that was just my childhood and when I, as I got older, and uh, I I just like like when I'd go after after high school, I would you know I'd have work. I just would eat out. I didn't know how to cook, and so I I did until until I until I got married. I did not know how to cook, and so we had our we had, when we bought our first house. Um, I the the way I learned how to cook was we had a dog. And he would uh, chill in front of the TV when we'd go to work. And so we would put on the thing that would make him the most chill would be cooking shows. Oh, so wow. food, food Network specifically. And so we would we would leave him and he would watch the, the cooking shows. And it'd be right in, right in his face because they talk to the camera. You know, they talk straight to the camera. So they're looking. So our dog, who was a great Dane, massive boy, he was great. Um, he would just stare at the TV and every so often just like, woof. Like he was like paying attention, and so, and so, and then we'd we'd cut one of us because we had different schedules. So we would come home, and he would be there. He'd be there watching watching TV. So he was just super happy, and um, and so we, and so I would come home usually first before my wife, and I'd come home. I'd sit down with him, and I I have something to drink or whatever. I just start paying attention, and I started writing stuff down. And so then, like, because, like, when we first got married, my wife did did 100% of the cooking. 100% of the cooking was her or we'd eat out. And then uh, I started to, like, hey, can I can I try this? I saw this on uh, the Barefoot Contessa or whatever, whatever show I was paying attention to at the time, whatever my dog was watching. And so I would slowly, slowly, slowly try everything out. And so, yeah, because my dog liked Food Network, I learned how to cook. And then... When my wife got pregnant for the first time with our oldest, um, raw food in any form made her incredibly nauseous. Uh, that was like something that she couldn't even touch it. And so it's like, okay, my time has come. And so that was about two years, two years into our marriage. Uh, yeah, I think we were married two and a half years before we got pregnant with our. Yeah, yes, that's right. 
And so I started cooking. And then now it's probably 95 me, 5% her. Uh, I just started taking over. I just started being more adventurous and paying attention, looking stuff up. And, and it was... Uh, then I got fairly obsessed with it and just like to cook and try new things. But I still can't make Indian food. Just can't do it. And then I can't make... Um, have you had pho? P-H-O? It's a, it's a Vietnamese soup. Is it, oh, I've, no, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've seen it written down. I think I've yeah, seen yeah. it in movies and stuff, but I've not had it personally. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. It's absolutely delicious. I, I, it's, it, like Elise says, it's the one thing that I have truly like failed. Like, fully <laughs> failed at making. Like un... <laughs> Unedible garbage was was this pho that I made, and it was um, yeah. I so those two. It's a rice noodle soup. It's it's incredible. If you ever had a chance to try it, try it. It's it's absolutely amazing. It, it's um, funny. It's funny you say those things about like specifically cooking because I've I've seen a lot of myself in you, uh, which uh, will lead me on to a question <laughs> I have for you later. But I'll, I'll remember that. But what's funny is when I uh, I moved out when I was. 20 my dad passed away when i was 19 mm-hmm. and so mum wanted to move out of the house that we'd you know he'd near enough kind of passed away and we'd been in that house for like 15 plus years so she wanted to move to a new place meet right. new people blah um so i moved out and moved in with my friends and i couldn't cook and so i cooked like oven food you know take something out of the freezer put it in the right. oven and that's basically right. it i cook a bit of pasta and like i i'd make a curry but i wouldn't make a curry i'd buy a jar of the curry flavoring and then just put right. you know peppers mushrooms and um chicken in a pot and then just that's it and all the rice would always be either packeted or boiled in the bag rice and stuff and then with because <laughs> megan is like she did do 100% of the cooking as well. Like when we, especially when we moved in together, you know, uh, when when we were uh, dating and she wasn't living with me, I would occasionally cook stuff but because it was mainly oven stuff or n- very, very, very simple stuff or not very healthy stuff. You know, as we live together, she t- takes over and she's a phenomenal cook and she loves cooking and baking. And we watch loads of cooking and baking shows because she loves them and things. And I've started to do it more frequently and things. And I've paid more attention when she does stuff. I like, it's small things like, making uh chips or fries like we have an actor fryer so you're just cutting up putting the right amount of uh, spices and things and that sort of thing and just cooking rice not boiling a bag not in the microwave like actually cooking it and they're quite simple but i never learned right. these things because my mum was a cook and my dad no uh, liked cooking as well yeah it's funny how much you get and it it's so funny being in such a, a gender role specific society too is that like there was a point where it's like oh the boys stay out of the kitchen and like obviously i don't I don't ascribe to that in mm-hmm. any way. I, I just like you do you, like what you like to do is what you like to do. That's that's all that matters. Like just do something that you love. And so there was a thing where like oh guys aren't supposed to be in the kitchen and so, which is garbage. And but it's so funny and that not that like my mom was like super that was like super something she thought of. It just felt very omnipresent that like mm. you just kind of like that's where. The moms went and the like guys assumed, went somewhere it? else. Yeah, it's like assumed. And it was so backwards. And like I cook for my mom more than my mom cooks for me at this point now. <laughs> like, like, like absolutely. And uh, But it's so funny. And I, uh, it is interesting to think about how many things of those like assumed gender role things um, kind of help people back mm-hmm. in, in so many ways. And it's something like obviously like I... That's, that is a very deep subject, and like I am not qualified to talk about that at all because what I didn't get to cook. There's so many more things that could be uh, p- people were held back from, but it's something that I just wonder about. Like, oh, would I have like gone to culinary school or something like that too? Because it's something that I really am passionate about, and I just wonder how many people other things that people didn't even know they were missing out on. Which is one of the reasons I do my show. Like, you don't you don't know that you love something until you try it. Similar mm-hmm. to the way I make my kids eat their different foods <laughs> so like when with, like when i do my show like i didn't know that i was going to enjoy knitting as much as i did and I, i'm a big old knitting nerd so like i knit all the time i haven't done so much during the summer because no one wants to wear a knitted sweater uh, because <laughs> right now what is it 30 yeah 31 degrees at my house right now so that's that's uh but yeah uh, you just don't even know and so yeah those type of things i wasn't really allowed in the kitchen and mm. so yeah it's funny you stop. mentioned knitting as well because megan started knitting over lockdown megan megan is she will f- like I, i'm me and megan we, we click very very well and we listen to each other and we're both willing to try new things but we're we're different in a mm. sense where i will try to do everything all at once all the time so i'll, <laughs> I'll like i'll try and fully commit to things but mine is like in a day or in a week 
each couple of hours I will be kind of doing something else. You know, I'm, I love music and podcasting, but also movies and TV, but also lots of other random nerdy things. Whereas Megan is more so right. like she will hyper focus on like one thing for months. So she started knitting. She made my friends like a baby blanket and baby booties and things and is knitting her oh, dad awesome. a scarf. And she's got into terrariums, you know, making little jars with like uh, succulents and things and or moss and whatnot. And she's incredibly talented doing all these things, but she's very much like she'll get into something and then be she'll practice and then within like a week she'll be like a master at it whereas I'm like fumbling half being able to do lots of things I've touched and one of the things I actually specifically wrote down I want to speak to you about is um you are you inspire me now it sounds weird okay (laughs) but genuinely you inspire me in a sense of because to me you are the epitome of what masculinity should be in the sense that masculinity isn't about you know you know boobs and beer and not talking about your feelings like that's complete bullshit it's it's not about that it it's about just there's not even a this is the thing why i say you're you're the epitome of because there's not a thing that about masculinity that makes you the man do you know what i mean like you knit you cook um You've mentioned before your podcast, like you're a stay-at-home dad, which is awesome. And, you know, you connect with your daughters in ways that go back, well, even in certain places now, would be frowned upon by hyper-masculine men, which I I do not agree with. I think people should do what they right. want. So listening to your show and things, one of the things I like the most about it is that for the modern man, you are, in my view, one of the perfect archetypes because you like sport and stuff. And, you know, you like barbecues and all these things, but you, you like them all enough while not hating all these other things and you do things that are not perceived as masculine do you see what i'm saying Mm. where i'm kind of coming from yeah it's so i mean one i appreciate that i i really do that's that's so touching me on thank you so much um it's funny that you say that like i haven't always been like that uh there would have been a time in in like my late teens and stuff that you would have definitely said i was a a a dude bro Mm. like uh like someone that was slightly more toxic and um, I was never a mean guy. I, I never, I was never mean, um, but I was definitely a lot more judgmental, and I was a lot more um, uh, just like I, I everything had its had its box, mm-hmm. and like 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 we like I said earlier, like my dad went to work, my mom was a stay at home mom, and like that was my worldview was that like that's how things were supposed to be. And um, I played sports, so I was around other people that were doing things that were more stereotypical, like hyper masculine, and um, and so that was like that was the same thing. I was in like a very, and then um, as I got older, I realized how um, like like harmful some of my ideas were in terms of like that. That like oh, that's just how it was supposed to be, and like none of it was like mean or anything. It's just like oh, that's how things are, right? Isn't that how everybody thinks things are? I didn't even understand how wrong I was. Um, I didn't understand that I even was missing out on anything. And um, then I met my wife and my wife has just taught me more and more and more about life and like how life should be and um, met so many more interesting people as I got older and different people that changed my entire worldview on just how like how life is supposed to be. And there is no such thing as like something that is like a man should do this or a woman should do this or anybody in between. Um, or however you identify, uh, is is that like you just do you just do what needs to be done, and that's and that's how I started to to really see life and and how things. It's like you just do what you need to do to make yourself happy and the people around you happy and and make their life better. And um, I remember when uh, my wife and I decided to, to to switch, like that she I would stay home and she would go back to work because we both worked before, obviously before we had the girls. And and our our the the, the county where we live in, even though California is fairly liberal, um, definitely one of the, the probably the most liberal of, of states in the in in the United States. Uh, the this county that I live in is actually very conservative, <laughs> and so it's it's kind of an anomaly. And so we we both had grown up that like when you when you get married and you have kids, wife stays home, dad goes to work. That's just how it's supposed to be. And um, we did that for a while. And it's the worst mistake we ever made in our entire lives. Like hands down, the worst mistake we have ever made ever. And uh, my wife always had way more earning potential than I ever could achieve. My wife is a is a brilliant, brilliant 
incredibly well-educated woman. And um, she could had the earning potential that was, it's like, it's like quadruple what I could have ever made. And so, um, uh, but like, we, we at, just, and this was just for like a year after we had kids. So like, we, we learned really quick. Um, and we're just like, oh, she didn't like staying home. She, she didn't find it fulfilling in any way. And that's fine. It's like, it's absolutely fine. All I wanted to do was stay home with the kids. I wanted to do all those things. That's all I wanted to do. I hated my job. Um, she had all these different job offers and she was turning them down because she thought that it was the right thing to do. And then after about a year of her being a stay-at-home parent and me hating my job that I was at, I we just she got um, she was pregnant with our second daughter and I'm and I just said, babe, you you have all these job offers. You really want to take them? Take them. And there was something that clicked right there. There was something that clicked, and it was just like that's right. You ju- there is no such thing, like there is no such thing as gender roles. Like 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 conforming to those things is so, it's so uh, toxic. It's so um, it's it's so damaging. Because like if we would have stayed with if we would have stayed in the mall that we were in, where my wife stayed home and I still worked and stuff, one we'd be broke as a joke for one thing, and two. Um, I, I, my wife wouldn't have enjoyed it, wouldn't, I would not have enjoyed it. She, she just did, did not like it. And so we would have been both unhappy, unhappy and broke. That's really what it boils down to. And I, uh, and so when we switched, um, I cannot tell you our quality of life went through the roof. Like everything about it was great. And, um, and it, it, uh, and it, that actually is when I really started to understand about those type of that you just like what you like and you have to let other people like what they like too. Um, and and uh, when we and as the girls have gotten older, they've taught me what it is to be a dad and like just like having absolutely no barriers in any way to what you want to do, who you're going to love, who you're going to um, what you're going to like, anything like that is just like, uh, and you just discover so much more if you just open yourself up to those type of things. And so I love being a dad. It's the, it's my favorite job I've ever had in my entire life. And, and I know eventually my girls are going to be old enough to where I am not going to have to do that anymore. It's not going to be a full-time thing. And so I have career choices that are open to me right after, uh, right after they're they're done with me, I guess. I guess for lack of a better phrase. Uh, but um, like, I spend like my my day is spent coming up with different ways to 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 make the life an adventure, and whatever that is, whether it's that we do, um, whether with my youngest, she's she's super into fashion and makeup, or my oldest who wants to uh, play video games and kill zombies in video games. You know what I mean? Like like there is nothing. That's boy. There's nothing that's girl. It just it's just happiness, you know. And that's where, and I don't know if I would have really come to that conclusion unless I was a stay at home dad. And in my area, um, I'm a kind of a unicorn. And um, if I go, it, we almost moved to San Francisco because stay at home dads are much more common in San Francisco. We almost moved there, but then um, everything started working out here just to have more of a a, a base. There are so many mom groups here. And they do not care for me because I'm I'm a guy and uh, I'm a guy and it, it and so it's like I I had to make up my own adventures is basically what it was and we had to go on so many different things and um but we're so happy and um I'm not gonna lie my girls are pretty great they are they are pretty 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 great and um I they're they're just awesome people and they're my best friends and. Uh, I, I like, yeah, exactly. I like to barbecue, but, uh, I like it helping my youngest daughter, uh, paint butterflies. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I, I love the color green, but also my shirts are pink. Like it doesn't really, this doesn't matter, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, I think if you start, when it starts to matter too much on those type of things, you have to start taking a look on the inside and like, why, why do I, why, who, who told me that I couldn't wear pink? You know yeah. what I mean? Like who, who, who told me that? And um, yeah. Anyway, so you just really have to start doing those type of like self-reflective things. And, yeah. Uh, having daughters changed my life. Getting married started that whole that whole role of just changing. And um, I look back at who I used to be when I was younger, 
And I, I still like that guy. He 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 was a nice guy, and but man, he was he was he was ignorant, and uh, he was he did not know what he was doing. And <laughs> I'm glad that he learned how to how to change. So <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of part one. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. As always, part two will be out next week at the same general time. But if you cannot wait that long, then go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. The link to that is in the description. And for as little as £1 a month, you'll get access to the full unsplit episode right now, as well as full unsplit episodes of quite a few previous genuine chit chat episodes, as well as mine and Megan's afterthought show, where we talk about TV and movies and those sort of things. And we've been going to the cinema quite a bit recently. So we spoke about In the Heights, Cruella, uh, we saw Luca as well and yeah we're just going to the cinema a bit more so there's a lot of fun things to talk about there and we do all new stuff spoiler free as well so if you want just extra content for myself and also you want to hear Megan's lovely voice as well as well as supporting the show and getting unsplit episodes of Genuine Chit Chat then you can get all of that for as little as £1 a month so guys, make sure you check out my appearance on the I Like to Like Things podcast where I spoke about Sherlock, my favourite TV show. It is amazing and uh, that's how me and Chris got introduced and it was just, it is so much fun and just like me, I think you guys will be hooked on the I Like to Like Things podcast. It's such a cool idea where he has a guest on to talk about their favourite thing and then the episode a week later, him and his wife Elise then talk about you know how the thing they recommended affected their lives as well as what they've been up to and things recently. It's not just about TV shows and movies and video games. There's also loads of other things. There was an episode about cricket there's one about writing journals and diaries there's loads of different variety of things so i just really really recommend the show in this podcast as well, I believe in part two, I think it was, uh, myself and Chris, I briefly mentioned the conversation I had with my brother talking about my late father. Um, if that's something that you guys are interested in, it was quite an older episode. It was actually episode 24 of Genuine Chit Chat. Uh, I've included a link to that in the description as well. So worth mentioning, guys, also go back and listen to last week's episode where I spoke with BZ, The Voice, and Steve J. Ray, where we speak about BZ's Green Lantern movies, which are loads and loads of fun. So any nerds, in a good way, because I'm a nerd as well, of DC just properties and the Green Lantern especially, go check that out because it is a lot of fun as well. So what have we got coming up then? Well, part two is going to be out next week, as I said. Uh, We continue our discussion on sort of being a modern man. We discuss vulnerability, crying, admitting when you're wrong, trying to be a good parent and making sure that your children are kind of sort of better than you. And Chris also talks about his weight loss journey and the importance of pockets, which is a lot of fun as well. Uh, As I said, you can go over to Patreon to check that out now. But if you can wait a week, then that's what you can expect from next week's episode. Uh, And then coming up after that, I've got the two-parter recorded with Tom Everett, who is an actor who who came on the show a little while ago as well. I just saw one of his live performances, actually. His starring role as King Henry V, which was a lot of fun, actually. It surprised me how enjoyable it was, for being honest, because I'm not overly a big fan of Shakespeare, usually. I really like Macbeth, but some of his other plays just don't quite hit the mark for me, and reading them as well sometimes is quite rough. Um, but aside from that, I did have a lot of fun. Uh, you may have seen a couple of photos on social media and things. Um, there's also, I've mentioned my Patreon. There's my Star Wars show, Star Wars Comics and Canon. Make sure you go check that out as well. Um, I've got a recording due with my Oxy Labouche of the Your Brain on Facts podcast. Uh, so that'll be out in the next few weeks as well. I've got another podcast due for recording with a gentleman who's got his own podcast about sort of philosophy and those sort of things as well and then i'm starting to you know get more things recorded for august and whatnot uh, and then i've also doing a few guest spots as well um i was recently on the comics in motion feed myself and chris phelps we actually spoke about our review of black widow it is filled with spoilers so make sure you go you know watch black widow before you listen to that or you can listen to it if you don't care about spoilers either way uh, so if you want to hear my thoughts on black widow me and chris talk about that for about an hour uh, there's also myself tonya todd and megan talk about the first three episodes of Low. Uh, so that is on the comics and motion feed as well and we're going to be doing another episode uh, the Thursday so it's the day after the final episode drops um, that will be released probably within the week or so um, it might be another Wednesday release I'm not 100% sure but if you've enjoyed mine Megan and Tonya's discussion on the first three episodes of Loki we're doing it again for the second half of the season so I'm very excited about that um, I'm also going to be on an episode of Mandatory Marvel and DC uh, I'm going to be on an episode of 20th Century Geek again at some point um, there's lots of little things that I'm kind of guesting on as well that I will talk about once they've actually been recorded as well but you know just make sure you follow me at Genuine Chit Chat on all the social media places and you'll keep up to date with all those things and if that's too overwhelming you can just go over to Patreon if you are a supporter for £2 a month or more on the Patreon feed on the website itself um, not only do I upload the audio stuff which you get an RSS feed you can just pop that in a podcasting app but all of the non-audio stuff I upload you have to view that either on the Patreon app itself or on the website itself there's photos of my tours on there early photos when 
I release uh, Star Wars Comics in Canon episodes. I take photos of the comics there. Uh, there's future guest lists, both of when I have guests on the show, episodes that are coming up, guest spots that I've done, those sort of things. So if you just want to support the show and just want more information and one easy to find place of what I'm up to, Patreon is probably the best way to do that. But yeah, guys, I think that's it for the time being. Uh, make sure you check out all the notes in the description. There's lots of stuff there, including mine and Megan's discussion on Spider-Man 3, which is a Patreon thing, but you can check that out completely for free. There's even a link directly to the post so you don't have to scroll through all of the other uh, non-free posts on Patreon as well. Um, but yeah, that's really all there is to say. Aside from, you know, make sure you hit up Chris on social media at the I Like to Like Things podcast. The link's that in the description. It would mean the world to me if you spread the positivity to him, and I know it would mean a lot to him if he hears about how much you guys enjoyed him coming on the show. Uh, so yeah that's really it from me thank you as always for listening guys I appreciate each and every one of you especially listening all the way up to the end it does mean the absolute world to me and um, yeah I'll be back next week with part 2 of this conversation you have just experienced host creator everything else of genuine chit chat and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon found on the Comics in Motion podcast Mike Burton <laughs>